Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you hunt or fish in Alabama or the Deep South, you know that things are different down here. Spawning seasons, patterns, and food source are not the same as other areas of the country. At Great Days Outdoor Magazine, Southern Outdoors writers pick the brains of the best Southern hunters and anglers and give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles, along with so much, much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoor Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoor Magazine can be found at your local Books-A-Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948. They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. They love trade-ins for boats and motors. They can rig your boat or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory-trained and certified technicians. Visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside, Alabama, 35907, or just give them a call at 256-442-2588. And also brought to you by Killer Dock Fish Cleaning Stations. Today we're going to profile another common form of dock dysfunction, dirty dock. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty dock as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer dock fish cleaning stations are marine grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs or through the slots. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at KillerDock.com. Also brought to you by... Fish Bites. For over 20 years, Fish Bites has been helping anglers all along the Gulf Coast and around the world put fish in the cooler. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Bites Fight Club lures or visit fishbites.com. Fish Bites, made in the USA. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Hope you guys are having a great week. Man, it has been uh, been a lot of storms rolling through here in the afternoons. Uh, as I record this, I'm listening to, to thunder rolling right now, another storm approaching. And uh, so we've got a lot of fresh water. And uh, I know a lot of the lakes still seem like they're down right now. I'm not sure what the reasoning for that is, but uh, who knows? Maybe one of our callers this week will have some insight on that. But, uh, man, it's summertime. It's warming up. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to see what the fish are doing. So let's get started. And uh, segment one today, we got my man Tucker Smith on here. I always love having Tucker, and we're going to talk about the Coosa. And uh, and then we may come back and talk to Tucker about Gunnersville too, because he's been fishing both quite a bit lately. But what's going on? Welcome to the show, Tucker. What's up? How are you? Good to I'm see you. I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I'm I'm uh I'm busy, but I know you are too. You you've been running and and you've been all over the place. Yes, sir. I've been fishing a bunch and fishing all over the place as much as I can. It's been, we've been having a bunch of tournaments and so it's been back to back weekends and everything. I've been running around everywhere. Yeah. I know you were at 
what Red River over in Shreveport two weeks ago? I was. Yeah, and and I think yeah, and I think your your message to me on that was it sucked. It was tough. We finished twenty second though, out of like two hundred something. So we ended up catching some fish. We caught a bunch of fish actually, but they were just all small. It seems like there's not a lot of a lot of big ones out there, but we didn't really have too too much of a problem to get bites. But it was just about finding that size, and uh, we caught a we caught a few good ones day one, and then day two managed to catch a three pounder in the last five minutes. So that's that's a big one out there, honestly. So it helped out a lot. Yeah, didn't that didn't the Red River have there was there was a, a pretty major flood a couple of years ago and didn't that have an effect on the river and the fishery up there? Because it used to the Red River used to be pretty good, right? It used to be good. There was a big flood in 2015, and then that uh, that like the water rose 15 foot actually, and so all the water went up in the woods and all the ponds and like creeks and everything like that. And, up in people's yards and stuff and when the water came back down the fish stayed yeah what a lot of people think is that the fish got stuck up there and they it wasn't ever the same so yeah and it just takes some years for that to recover yeah exactly yeah what about the grass up there there's not much in some of the pools but some uh pool four's got a ton of grass uh we didn't go in pool five but pool five's apparently got a bunch of grass too but there's a lot of hyacinth in that lake and you, it's a lot of beautiful looking hyacinth. You could think that you'd think you could flip it and throw a swim jig and a frog in it and catch them really good. But that's not, that's not really the case. (laughs) That's not the case. Well, let's, uh, let's bring it back home to Alabama. I know that you've been on the Coosa a lot lately. And and so man, love to get a report from you on the Coosa. Well, speaking of the Coosa, man, let's, let's start off with, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty excited for our boy, Will, will davis man what a oh yeah great weekend for him right on the lay on lay lake oh it was his it was his day for sure he he definitely he had an awesome tournament and we're happy for him proud of him i was at the weigh-in actually and watched it go down but will's a great guy his dad's a great guy too and we fished against them for years on back at home at lay and on the coast and everything so they're good people and and it was great to watch him win. A hometown boy go to the elites his first year and win an elite series. So it was That's pretty That's pretty cool. crazy, man. I mean, he's way ahead in rookie of the year points, it looks like right now, and or at least got a pretty good lead. And, and uh, Will's been on the show several times, and he is just – and you said it. He's a great guy. And, uh, and man, I'm just excited for him and his family. What a, what a great opportunity for him to kind of – you know, just continue to catapult him to another level. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's going to give him a, a big boost to confidence, too. You know, like, just proves that he can he can fish against those guys. And and uh, it's going to, as long as he can stay on that roll, he's going to be good. And I think he's going to do it. So we'll see how it goes the rest of the season. That's right. Well, it, it looked like, um, I think, it, what was it, like a 15-pound average that won it or something like that? Is that what he basically had? Yeah, it was about 15, 15 and a quarter, 15 and a half, or 15 yeah. and a quarter, probably. And, you know, when you when we when we talk, think of, when I think about this time of year at, at Lay, uh, I mean, is that what your expectation would be, or would you expect the bags to be a little better than that? No, I, I before that tournament came to Lay Lake, I, I was thinking it was going to take 15 a day. So I was close, but I, it's not – 
lay lake's good and it's just not like as good as it used to be with all the pressure and everything but there's still some good ones swimming around and you know brandon polnick showed that and will showed that too there's still some good ones swimming around in that place but it's it's honestly really tough and i thought i didn't think somebody was going to have 20 pounds a day i thought it was about 15 a day uh, just because you could get you could catch a really big bag one day and then the next day come back and catch 12 pounds you know so 15 a day was that was kind of that was what it took well and what did i sell the big fish was nine yeah jason christie caught a, a nine four and had 23 pounds that's a huge bag out there and a lot of people a lot of people would say that's a you know once in a lifetime fish out there because yeah there's not a lot of giant fish like that out there you know there's some eights weighed in during the year but rarely do you hear about a nine and uh yeah it was it was pretty crazy (laughs) yeah and and you know and and you mentioned brandon a while ago and uh he had Mm -hmm. a great weekend as well and he's another guy that's been on the on our podcast several times and he is just man just such an amazing guy to have on just so humble And and just he's one of the good ones, right? He, I mean, every, most everybody in the fishing industry is, but he's he's another one of my favorites just because he's just such a quality guy, and just as happy as I am for Will, uh, my heart goes out to 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 him because of the way that it it ended with him having a dead fish, right? Yeah, that was that was heartbreaking. And Brandon's a great guy too. You know, he'll he'll talk to anybody. Just you know, just like just like he was talking to, you know, his best friend. He's really nice and talks to everybody with respect. And I've, I've liked him for, followed him for a long time. And he's, he's a great angler too, but yeah, he had a dead fish the last day that cost him, but you know, that's, that's tragic. I I know, I feel like coming back to weigh-in in a Bassmaster Elite with looking in your live well and seeing a dead fish would be one of the worst feelings ever. It would have to be, right? Um, what's the biggest yeah. cause of that, Tucker? When you have a fish die, is it because it was a fish that maybe swallowed the hook a little further down and got in his gills? I mean, these live wheels are pretty good at keeping fish alive. Um, you know, I heard that he, he might have got, the fish might have got stuck in the lid of the live well. Like what the cold tag could have gotten stuck and it was holding it out of the water, you know, when mm-hmm. he slammed the lid back down. But I've, that's probably what happened. You know, if all the other fish were fine, then there was plenty of, plenty of oxygen but yeah usually just tongue hooking or hooking them in the gill or something like that messes with them and especially now that it's getting hot the water's getting hotter and it's gonna it's gonna be tough to keep to keep a lot of those deep fish alive now yeah but it's uh it's definitely more than that. well and i haven't you you know more about this but maybe obviously you've been fishing the coast a lot yourself lately and 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 you know you're kind of in the know with the guys that are fishing there so uh, I, I have not seen how, how really what Will was doing. I, I did not get to watch the event and went at the weigh-in. But um, and I'll have Will on here to discuss that here over the next week probably. But you know, what, where where are they catching the fish right now? Where have you been having success, and what kind of depth of water and things like that? At Lay Lake, you know, uh, right now, especially the shad spawns going on, it's it's starting to dwindle a little bit more because it's getting hotter and hotter. But um, I know that Will caught some of his on during the shad spawn in the morning, and that's that's a staple at Lay Lake and in the Coosa River. Shad spawn around, you know, grass and sea walls and stuff like that. Um, but they were catching them on shad spawn in the morning. I've been catching some on a swim jig in the grass. Um, 
as well as a popping frog um, and a spinnerbait too. But um, once that sun gets up, fish seem to be moving towards brim beds. You can catch them off brim beds or you can catch them out deep um, or you can fish current. And so there were still a few fish left on bed, uh, not many. There was only like re- really only a few, the last wave, honestly. And Will and Brandon managed to catch a couple off bed. And uh, But really that shad spawn is key in the morning because you can get right quick. Actually a tournament that um, me and me and my girlfriend's dad won the other day at Neely Henry. We caught them all in the morning on a shad spawn. And uh, it was about 30 minutes catching a bunch of good fish. And then it was dead the rest of the day. So that shad spawn has been really key. Yeah, but like you said, it's like a 30-minute deal, right? I mean, it's, 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 it starts and then it's over. It does. Um, it depends on the clouds and it depends on the moon and stuff as well, how long the shad spawn lasts. Sometimes if you have bad weather the night before, the shad spawn will actually postpone to like later in the in the morning than people would actually think. But yeah, it's you just kind of, it's, it's different um, every day, honestly, most mostly it's in the morning first thing but sometimes it can be a little bit different so get in the boat with me real quick me and you are on the water we're in lay or logan or wherever it may be and and we're we're trying to catch that that shad spawn what are we looking for how are we going to find where we're fixing a fish um you know i i really look for birds a lot blue herons and the white birds that stand on the bank too because they're they're eating the shad when the shad are spawning and um as well as you know look up look for fish blowing up look for activity on top of the water a lot of times you can pull up to a bank that doesn't even look like it's got much but if you get closer you'll start to see shad flicker even if there's not any birds on it too so you know they they spawn really on anything that's hard like sea walls grass stems floating boat docks riprap um, just anything they can that's hard and they can spawn on is what you need to look for in the morning and usually when that sun gets up the shad spawn quits so if you're wanting to get uh, get on a good shad spawn, you got to get out there really early to get on a good shad spawn bite. Well, I know, and I I know that uh, it's probably the same way on lay, but I know like in Logan, the shad spawn ought to be when it's on, it ought to be really on because there is plenty of shad in that lake right now. Oh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. They've had some good shad spawns over the last few years, and there's a ton of shad in the lake. There sure is. I mean, I, I I've been there just looking at my electronics, and and, and it's. I mean, even just in the in the wide open water, it's just ball after ball after ball of shad. It looks like. Oh yeah, plenty of them. So after the sun gets up, kind of where are you going then? Um, as the sun gets up, kind of want to move off the bank a little bit. Um, start to try to target brim beds, and also if you've got you know like on the Coosa, there's current, and that's a big that's a big key, especially when it's hot. That water coming out from the dam is a lot cooler, so some of those fish still bite when it's hot in the current um and so that's a good option as well as fishing out deep on ledges and brush piles you know the the fish at lay have moved out onto the ledges some fish have and um it's usually june is when it gets really good so it's it's not as good as it as it will be but it's they're starting to get off the bank now that the water's getting hot yeah well and this it's it's definitely starting to warm up i think we're gonna get a few little days where it's a little cooler here but uh but it, we know the water is definitely heating up, and so those fish will be moving out pretty soon. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. Anything else about the Cosa? That's about it. Other than fry garters, there there are some fry garters too up on the banks, and you can fan cast around with a wacky rig and catch fry garters around docks 
and uh, grass and stuff like that. So it uh, you can do a bunch of different stuff with fry garters. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Hey, Tucker, we're going to take a break real quick. And we're going to come back to you and talk about Gunnersville because I know you've been up at Gunnersville a lot lately and uh, things are really hot up there right now, it seems like. So let's take a few minutes, guys, hear from some of this week's sponsors. We'll be right back. This segment was brought to you by Killer Doc. Today, we're going to profile another common form of dock dysfunction, dirty dock. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty dock as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer dock fish cleaning stations are marine grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs or through the slots. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at killerdock.com. Also brought to you by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Great first segment there, talking about the Kusa, shad spawn going on. Get out there early and uh, try to catch that shad spawn, and then and man, fish are starting to move out deeper. So don't 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 overlook the ledges and stuff this time of the year too. But Tucker, welcome back, man. Good information on that first one. But I know that you know before the show, with me and you were talking, and and I know you've been fishing Gunnersville a lot lately. So let's just continue on with you. I know that. You know, I, I love the way you describe what's going on on these lakes, and and uh, so man, let's let's touch on Gunnersville a little bit. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, Gunnersville's been it's been pretty good lately. There's actually an MLF tournament out there right now, but it's been good. People have been catching a lot of fish. It's been uh, a lot of big fish. You know, Gunnersville's got more four and five pound fish in it, and it seems like one of the healthiest lakes in Alabama for sure, and one of the most fun, just because it's. Uh, it's got all that submerged grass. It's got a lot of eelgrass, and that's starting to take over a little bit and starting to choke out some areas. But the hydrilla is still in there. The milfoil is still in there, and it's been good. So, yeah, it's been it's been fishing really good. You know, me, me and you were, were, were on the phone the other day talking, and we were talking about grass and we were talking about Gunnersville and some of these different lakes and some of the lakes, the lack of the grass compared to lakes like Gunnersville that have, have a ton. And, and and we've talked about this on the show before, you know, uh, about, I know there's studies, I know that there's there's information out there that these fisheries and the biologists and studies that they've done showing, hey, the growth rate of a bass is no different in vegetation, uh, whether there's vegetation there or not. And so I know that's an ongoing controversy kind of with, with fishermen is, yeah, y'all can tell us what you want to, but we know where we're catching big fish and where we're not. Yeah. What's your thought on that? I think the grass is what makes the lake so good, and it allows for all the juvenile and fry and baby bass 
even big bass to sit in, you know, sit in the grass and grow and not get touched their whole lives. A lot of them don't even see a bait their whole lives because they've been in the grass and all they have to do is poke out of the grass and eat a big gizzard shad and then go back in the grass and that's all they have to do the rest of their life. So they can grow really well. The whole lake's got grass in it. So the whole lake is healthy and it's got good clarity because of all the grass. It's that's uh, the grass cleans up a lot of the water, makes it good clarity. So it's just a healthy environment. It, you know, if you go up shallow at Gunnersville, you can, you can put your sunglasses on and look in the water and it looks like an aquarium with all the fish and bass and, you know, little baby bass and brim and all kinds of stuff swimming around. So it's really healthy. Well, and I think one of the key points to the growth is, is, you know, when you're in these open water lakes, you know, and let's take Logan Martin, you know, a, a big portion of the year, these fish go out, they get off the bank and they go out and they're literally just in the middle of the lake. I mean, they're just roaming. They're following bait balls or whatever. Right. So let's imagine, mm-hmm. let's, let's take that scenario and go, okay, we've got a, we've got a bait ball that's moving through the open water in the current and these, these bass are following them and, and going in and eating. Right. But they're burning calories the whole time they're doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and so they may be eating just as much as these other bass, but they're burning 10 times the energy to do it where the bass and the vegetation, they're just sitting there. They're just sitting there, not burning any calories, waiting for something to swim by them. They're not having to go chase stuff all the time. And that equals weight. If you're, if you're taking in calories and you're not burning calories, you're gaining weight, you're gaining size. If you're burning a ton of calories, then it, then you have to eat a ton more. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe maybe that's part of that 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 factor. Uh, and, and maybe the other part of that is the fishability of it. I mean, there's the fish in Gunnersville, like you said, some of them spend their whole life there. And as fishermen, we kind of we like fishing the grass. It's fun. Oh yeah. It makes it a target friendly environment for us to target fish where. And some of these other lakes that don't have the grass, they're, these fish are just out in open water, and it's, it's hard to find them and pinpoint them. Yep, that's exactly right. And they can spawn out deep in the grass. They can spawn, like, make holes in, like, the hydro and stuff like that off the bank. So they can, uh, they can like, hide out there and not ever get caught, and they can have good spawns. That, that, they've had a lot of good spawns at Gunnersville recently. And uh, this year I went out there and – I saw more spawning fish than I've ever seen out there this year. And there was just, you know, the whole bank was just lined with fish spawning and fish cruising around. So, yeah, there's, it's really healthy with, you know, the the grass and the way the fish can just sit there and grow. Yeah, no doubt. Well, how are, how are you fishing it right now? A lot of fish that I've been catching have been on brim beds, you know, throwing a wacky rig and stuff like that, as well as top water over the brim beds. But a good way to catch them is also trolling down the bank and um, throwing at dark spots, you know, like holes in the grass and um, light spots and, you know, irregular irregularities in the, in the bank. And those are usually brim beds, beds. There's still some fish on bed right now. So you can fan cast a wacky rig and even go down the grass lines and catch them. But one of my favorite ways to catch them is off the bank. And there's not really a ton of fish off the bank right now, like on ledges and stuff, but there's a few, they're really hard to catch, but, Eventually, in the, I think in a few weeks from now, uh, they're going to be full force pushing out to the ledges. But um, right now, it's 
it's really good brim bed fishing and even if you go up on the bank you can look at the brim beds because the water's so clear and you can see big ones swimming around uh all the brim beds and uh you can catch them so that's, that's a fun way to get them too yeah and and that that echoes exactly what jason whitehead was saying on here last week when we had him on uh and and and, and that's exactly what he's doing he's 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 just all day looking for brim beds and mm-hmm. uh and and fishing around those and and, and in fact he, he even made the statement he you know the the uh mlf is 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 up there are they there now is they're it this, there right now yeah and, and he's like man i i guarantee you whoever wins that it's gonna be one fishing brim beds so we'll see but obviously that's a hot thing right now so when you're fishing when you're fishing brim beds i mean you're you're looking for them in the, the holes in the grass right you're looking for those brim beds you throw in a wacky rig or whatever it may be. When you you're throwing it, you throw past the brim bed, or do you throw in the brim bed and then you bring it to it and 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 kill it? Do you stop it in there? Um, a lot of times you can see them from a distance, and I like to cast from a distance so that you can, especially if there's a big cluster of brim beds, you can see them from a good ways away. But if you get up on top of them and you see some big ones and you spook them, you can even you know mark that brim bed and then come back an hour later or the next day and you can actually like be from a distance and cast up there and you can you can catch some of those big ones but that's a good way to fish those places it's like actually mark them and then come back so that those fish aren't aren't scared of your boat being right there if you've gotten too close to them yeah but you're fishing and i know i know you like to fish fast when you have the opportunity, mm-hmm. right? So, but exactly. this isn't a situation where you're burning it. You're more, more, you're kind of killing it in the brim bed, right? Or am I wrong there? Um, yes. Yeah, that's, that's usually, that's usually the best approach. It depends if, if you've got multiple brim beds that you're running, you can, you can fish them fast, you know, you can throw a topwater over them and then you can slow down and get somebody to throw a wacky rig and you can throw a topwater, you know, or kind of mix it up. But if you got a bunch of them found, or if you just want to go down the bank and look for them, you know you can burn the bank and fish a bunch of them. Or if you've seen some big ones in an area that you know has big ones, you can actually slow down and fish for them slower and drag some stuff through. So you can fish for them a couple of different ways, but it just kind of depends on your style. Yeah, what you were talking about also, you know, already some fish moving out a little deeper, and in a course over the next week or two more fish will start coming off the bank and that'll even get better and better. But what are you looking for when you're talking about going out a little, are you looking for deeper hydrilla? Um, and what kind of depth are we talking? Yeah. Uh, deeper grass is, is, uh, what they usually go to first. Um, and then eventually they'll move to the ledges or, you know, a lot of fish just stay in the grass, but the ledges are, are fun. That's a good way. That's a good way to catch them, especially in June when it gets hot. That's one of my favorite ways. But that deeper grass, you want to look for hard grass lines, and you want to look for hard bottom. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to just fish a bunch of grass that you know is in the middle of nowhere and soft bottom. You want to fish areas that've got good healthy grass, and if it's got a mixture of grass, that's even better. But yeah, you just want to look for hard bottom and uh, and good healthy grass, and that's that's usually where they're at. So I, I know you're uh, I know you're uh, extremely good with your electronics. Uh, do do electronics come into play for you at all fishing grass? They do. I've I've got my electronics on all day, twenty four seven when I'm fishing. No matter if it's you know a few feet deep or 
or, you know, 20 foot deep, but I like to run, especially, you know, Garmin Pan Optics. That's, that's, uh, or any kind of live scope, you know, Hummerbird Live, any of that. That's a, I always have that turned on so you can see the grass lines and you can actually see the fish around the grass too. And, uh, you can cast and catch them. But yeah, I always look at my electronics. I always have, have my side scan on with a map and down, down view on as well. And just looking for hard edges and looking for that deeper grass with hard bottom. And uh, you can see it on your graph and you can see, you know, different colors of the bottom and you can tell if it's hard or soft and you can see the fish on actually on the bottom as well. So it makes it easy. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Yeah, and yeah, it doesn't make it easy, right? But it's 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 uh it's it's good to have that all the information that you can gather. Exactly. Yeah, and not so much maybe when you're fishing brim beds. I mean, you're you're looking for the beds then, and you know a lot of times they're deep in the grass, and I don't know how far you can see up in the grass with I don't know if you can see the fish uh, with your live scope or your pan optics or what. You can you can yeah i mean it's you can see them especially and if uh you can see them on 360 as well if you've got 360 you can see the brim beds and you can see the fish swimming around but yeah that even if they're deep brim beds too some sometimes brim spawn deeper than just on the bank and you can actually use your forward facing to pick off the fish off the brim beds using uh live scope and stuff like that that's good stuff well ma'am i appreciate it uh honor always love having you on buddy where are you going next next time uh i'm headed to lake hartwell so that'll be a fun one it's going to be a college national championship for aca so hopefully hopefully they'll be biting i'm, I'm sure there will be it's hartwell and um uh, this time of year is always fun well, how's auburn doing man they're doing good right now we're sitting in second for school of the year so we're doing great we got to keep it up and we got to have a a few more good tournaments so it's uh it's been a fun year heck yeah man well war eagle and uh y'all finish strong brother yes sir thank you all right buddy appreciate, appreciate your time love having you on we'll talk to you again soon yes sir thank you all right buddy all right guys let's take right. a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors this segment was brought to you by the alabama marine resources division the Alabama Marine Resources Division would like to remind all recreational anglers who have harvested red snapper, gray trigger fish, or greater amberjack to report their catch through the snapper check program. Reporting is mandatory and must be done prior to landing fish in Alabama, regardless of where the fish were caught. Anglers must report their harvest online at OutdoorAlabama.com or through the official Outdoor Alabama app. For more information about Snapper Check or any of the 2022 fishing seasons, please visit OutdoorsAlabama.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Another good segment with Tucker there uh, talking about Gunnersville. And, man, I mean, hey, look for brim beds, it sounds like right now. Same as last week with what Jason Whitehead said. It's, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what the MLF does there this week. I guarantee they're looking for brim beds is what it sounds like they need to be doing anyway. But, hey, let's go to the other end of the state, man. Let's go to you following my man, Clayton Bats. What's going on, Clayton? Welcome to the show. Oh, not much. Just getting ready for another week of guiding coming up next week. That's what I'm talking about. You up at Wheeler right now, aren't you? 
yes, sir, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, you sound just like our last caller. He said the same, Tucker said the same thing. He's like, man, this is rough up here at Wheeler right now. Yeah, it's rough. I'm not in this thing for any points or anything like that. I mean, I got a little deal where I can go catch a small limit, but it ain't going to do me no good. And so I'm going offshore where I feel confident, and I'm just going to fish for five big ones and see what happens. There you go, man. Well, good luck. I hope it works out. If anybody can find them, you can. <clears throat> That's one of those deals where people talk about swinging for the fences and not on them and this and that. Well, I'm on them enough to go catch a little limit, but it ain't going to do me no good. So instead of going to do that, I'm going straight out there, you know, where if I do catch five, it's going to be five big ones. Well, and that's what that's what Tucker was saying, too. You know, you can go catch a limit, but they they don't weigh nothing. I think you're, you know, your plan is as good as sounds like the right thing to do. I mean, eight pounds ain't going to do you no good. Go out there and try to catch a couple of big fish. If you miss it, then just go to house. Yeah, now I'd be smart like some of the EQ, uh, qualifiers that are here and if i was doing that then my game plan would probably change i would go catch that limit just where it helped me keep up points and all that but not doing nothing but points and just coming in and trying to do top 10 that that's not gonna do me any good yeah that's right that's right no well man let's talk about you follow what's going on down there we had the toyota series there last week uh congratulations justin lucas on that win he found one of those magic shad foam brush piles. Uh, yep. Other than that, it was a little bit tougher bite, but I'm t- that water temperature, it's 81. All they got to do is start pulling a little bit more current, and it's going to pull them straight out in the left. Um, I'm looking, I was looking for it to happen any day. And that's where I know you like them. Yeah. I was looking for it to happen any day during that tournament. I did fish it up in his 13th. Uh, I started every morning out on the shad spawn, caught a limit on it, and then I went straight offshore ledges and started uh, using those low ranches and graphing. And they were showing up here and there. Wednesday before the tournament, they actually generated a good bit of water, and they showed up. Like I'm not saying everywhere, but you could get out there and graph some schools. And then after that, they kind of the current dissipated, and they went out there as good. But the last day of the tournament, that Saturday, which is normally your tougher days on New Paula, I was able to grab over one, and there were some fish down there, and I called three of the ones I had out in less than 10 minutes. But there wasn't enough down there to keep fire, keep the whole school fired. Right, right. Hey, 13th is still good, though, man. Congrats. That's still a good finish. That's a big tournament. Yeah, I had. I was throwing a dude, Jico, uh, walking top water bay, and I did. I had enough bites through the three days to make it interesting. And I'm not saying I missed them, and they just missed the bait. I mean, the top water fishing that, that time of year, when they're coming up on shad and schooling, it happens. It's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It's just part of it. Well, so, I mean, we're, we're a week, week since since the tournament, and, I mean, are you still? If, I mean, you go, you you got, you're gonna be guiding all week this week, uh, this next week. Are are you still going to be? Is the shad spawn still going on, or or do you feel like the fisher will be more on the ledges than they were last week? They're going there. They are headed there. As far as the shad spawn, to be honest with you, that thing has been going on so long. I don't know if it'll ever end. It seems like it just keeps going and going and going. 
Yeah, that's not a bad thing because it's a lot of fun when you find them. It is, but there's there's so much dead water on that shad spawn right now that it's like you can find shad spawning everywhere, but there's not that many places that there's actually fish on it. Just because I think a bunch of them, with a lack of current, they're wanting to go offshore, but we're not having that current to put them out on the ledges. So there's a bunch recovering in the timber. There's a bunch that are just out there suspended roaming, chasing bait. We just need, we need current to put them out there. If put them on the bars, we know you can go catch them. Where, where they get concentrated a little bit and school up on, and set up on the, set up right. right. Yeah. That's the reason I've gotten Tucker. They're smashing them right now at Gunnersville offshore. But that's the reason they get offshore. You can say the whole Tennessee River in general other than Wheeler. But, I mean, I know there's some out there here. But that's the reason they get out so fast here is because of the amount of current that they generate. Why are they, is, are they usually generating more current this time of year? Yeah, you fall is low right now. It's a, the water level is 187, where it should be at least 188. I've heard multiple rumors about that. The most, the biggest rumor I've heard and most consistent is having to float a barge off somewhere down south. They had to put water down there. That's about the most consistent thing I've heard. As far as the other reasons, I have no idea. I heard the same thing, Clayton. I heard that there was a barge they were trying to get down. And they had to let that water go out of Eufaula to raise that river up to get to, to float the bars down. So hopefully that sucker will be about where it needs to go and they'll let that water come on back up and start generating a little bit more. Yeah, they started generating a little bit. I mean, I think I looked one time, one evening before I left, and it was they were pumping like 23,000, which, which for Eufaula, that's not too bad. But you kind of need it more consistent and need it more than just a couple of hours. Right. But we got heat. They're going to have to start generating soon. Uh, the water level should go back up. And that was another deal that was kind of hurting that shad spawn bite on the shallow grass and the water wheel and stuff. Was there was no water there. So the fish can't get up there that shallow. The one I was catching them on, I was catching them on an offshore shad spawn where I was just, I was kind of out in the middle of the lake. But you couldn't see it, but it was on hard stuff. You knew they were there. If you threw a spinnerbait and you reeled it in, you'd have 20. Chad coming back from Spinnerbait. It was obvious it was going on. Yeah, that makes it obvious for sure. So if you're going, if you were going to go out tomorrow on, on your fall, I mean, kind of what would your game plan be? Would you look look for Shad again, or, or are you you're going to stay out there? I mean, are you pretty much set on staying out from now through the summer? I'm hard headed. Yes, <laughs> I'm out there. Hey, you're not <laughs> hard headed. You just know how to catch them on your fall, and you know what they do. <laughs> Yeah, that's smart. I, I, mean, I, would, it. I would definitely be on the water at daylight to try to capitalize on that shad spawn because that deal is still going on and it's definitely a big factor in tournaments right now. Like you need to be able to come out of that shad spawn with at least three or four fish in the live well, if not a limit. And then be able to go out to the ledges, you know, and try to catch you two or three of those better quality fish until they get out there grouped up. And then when they get out there grouped up I won't see the bank. Yeah, like, you'll be you done. Go out there and you'll, be able, you'll be able to go out there and, like, your first school you pull up on, you'll be able to catch 15 pounds in 10 minutes. It just hadn't gotten that way yet. But it's the, my magic water temperature is 81 degrees, and it is 81 degrees. It's well, just the generation we need it. You just need, the, you just need some current. Yep. 
Yeah, when you're when you're going out looking for the shad spawn first thing in the morning, are you are you looking for birds, or looking for 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 shad flipping or bass busting the water? Kind of what's your go to way to find them? They were actually schooling a little bit where I was at, so it made it a little easier. But they would school like once every 30, 45 minutes. So if you didn't know it was going on, chance of you just sitting somewhere for 45 minutes is very slim. One thing I kind of look for on that offshore deal, the offshore shad spawn, is I mean, you can kind of find this throughout the day too, but you want to come back and look at it in the morning. If you find something with a hard bottom shell or rock that's in two to three feet of water, definitely worth coming back and investigating in the morning because those shad they'll get up on those bars and they'll spawn the one i was on i mean i had a, two pretty close together uh, a boat found one of them uh you could actually see the shad flicking on top of that one so it was kind of obvious uh the one i was on there was pretty much uh there was one other boat in there but he was staying on one little point and i was making a, a big circle around the bar but just that hard stuff was the deal. And there was, I found where well, there was three little, like, spot within a spot. And that's where I was catching most of my fish. And with them schooling, it kind of gave that away. Yeah. <clears throat> that's good stuff, man. Well, it sounds like it's the right time of year for them to, to set up and on, on the offshore bite. And, and you follow is, is known as having an incredible offshore bite and, and, and a lot of good quality fish, too. So, you know... If, if somebody wants to learn more about it, if they want to book a trip with you, or if they want to, I mean, one, one of the services you have that I love is, is that you offer, you know, to come out and, and teach people how to set their electronics up and utilize and get the most out of their electronics. And, and that's a, that's a very valuable service for sure. So if somebody's interested in, in doing either of those fishing or an electronics trip, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, the three best ways are website lakeyfallfishingguide.com uh facebook you can look me up lakeyfallfishingguide or just give me a call 334-310-8338 and i actually got a couple of those electronics classes uh next week i mean if most people when they come do that you can put two people in the boat you can do a four-hour trip it's 400 bucks you can split it 200 each and I promise if you're not real familiar electronics in four hours, you'll have a crash. Yeah. And it makes all the difference for sure. And, uh, that's, that's good stuff, man. It's a great service that you have and, and, and you're, you know, your electronics as good as anybody and know how to set them up. So guys, if that's something you're interested in, definitely reach out to Clayton and, uh, he'll, he'll have you educated in a hurry, man. Well, Hey, look, go educate those fish on Wheeler. <laughs> no, that's right. You, you good luck up there. One other thing I've been doing to my, while we're on the electronics thing is the number one issue I see with people with their electronics is the setup, like the install setup. And now, I mean, I got North Florida sonar that's not far from us. If something's really drastically wrong and to improve it and they're going to be around a couple of days, if you bring your boat, I can set that up and all your setup, install, be completely done while you're down there. Dang, that's a good, that's an, a good additional service there. Yeah, that's, they take yeah. care of it. And I mean, JK down there at North Florida Sonar, you won't have anybody that, I mean, he's legit. He knows what he's doing. He's certified by everybody. And if there's a problem or an issue, if you come do a trip with me and if there's a problem, take down there and fix it. When you go home, you're ready to roll. 
it's going to be right. Everything will be right, set up, and you'll have the best image possible, either with a wiring harness or, you know, there's all kind of little things that I've seen that show up. I've had one guy show up with his transducer upside down. It's just sometimes it's little and sometimes it's big. Yeah, that's right. But y'all get to the bottom of it. That's the main thing. And get them back. Get them, get them right. up. Good stuff. Clayton, appreciate you, brother. Stay safe out there. Good luck on Wheeler the rest of the week. I know it's tough fishing up there right now, but, uh, man, go out there and swing for the fences and, and, and take a chance and maybe maybe put a good limit in the boat. That's right. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's take a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. Hey, great show today. Uh, man, we, we got coosa covered we got gunnersville all the way down to eufaula and uh man it sounds like the fishing's pretty good right now it's it's a it's a great time and and uh, a lot of transition fish out there right now so you know what that means to us is hey you can catch them shallow you can go out and start fishing ledges i mean the fish are moving that direction and uh and just lots of different scenarios that you can utilize right now to catch fish so man go out there this weekend and enjoy and catch some fish and that is going to be a wrap for this week's show guys so if you're enjoying the show as always please subscribe review uh and give us a good rating wherever you listen if you'd like us to email the show we'll do it every week all you got to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767 we'll email it to you every week stay safe out there guys enjoy these awesome fisheries that we have around the state of alabama and we will talk to y'all next week this week's alabama freshwater fishing report was brought to you by fish bites for over 20 years fish bites has been helping anglers all along the gulf coast and around the world put fish in the cooler ask for fish bites or fish bites fight club lures or visit fishbites.com fish bites made in the usa and by lnm marine has something for everyone from small hunting boats pontoons as well as bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler go visit them at 34600 highway 59 in stapleton alabama or call 251-937-1380 and brought to you by hilton's real-time navigator bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004 your source for sea temps, altimetry, currents, and watercolor at hiltonsoffshore.com. And brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. Book your next guided hunting or fishing trip with thoroughly vetted guides or charters. Built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Mallardbay.com. And by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com. 